so thankful for you today. I'm thankful as I look around this room and I see all of your faces. I just love you guys so much. I'm so thankful for you as a pastor. And I today see faces of folks that are in from out of town, uh, back in from college. I'm thankful to see you as well as other visitors who are in town visiting family. I'm just thankful for you and I have a deep sense of gratitude today for us to be together. Over this next month, uh, during December, we're gonna be talking about and building our life on this firm foundation and this reality that God is with us. That's the name of the sermon series, God with us. And so I, I, today as we get started, I, I pray that that will be the central part of our Christmas celebration, that God is with us. Now there's some challenges in that, and one of those is I want to address right off the bat today. And that is, there's a lot of pain in the world. There's a lot of suffering in the world. Uh, in the holidays especially can be a time that's challenging because so many times when you think about the holidays, and these are all good things, the holidays are all about togetherness. But yet there are some of you here who have suffered loss of a relationship, loss of a loved one, loss of health, other reminders around you that togetherness is what the holidays are all about. Also, there is there's an expectation that you will be merry and bright, that you will be very happy all the time. That can be a challenge too. Uh, it's very busy at the holidays. That can be a challenge if you're hurting. Uh, people are everywhere, everywhere you go. And just a lot of people everywhere. That can make it difficult if you're hurting. Uh, holidays are for making memories. And many times the memories that you have, which also brings me to another thing, there is a lot of triggers at the holidays. You see something, it reminds you of something, and that pain kind of comes up to you. So what do you do with that pain? I am thankful that as we get together, we are celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the promised one, God with us, Emmanuel. When we get together, we're trying to build our life on this reality that God is with us. So what do you do with the pain? Well, there's a guy named Richard Dawkins who wrote many years ago a book called The God Delusion. Many times in this world, uh, we, the world has different ways of seeing life, and he wrote this. The total amount of suffering per year in the natural world is beyond all decent contemplation. In a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replications, some people are going to get hurt. Other people are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it nor any justice. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at the bottom of it all, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference, meaningless. The world, that's what they have to offer. 
That's what the world has to offer as an explanation for the pain in our life. But I want to hear, come here today to say that God is with us. We celebrate that. But I'm going a step farther. God is with us even in the pain. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to James. And as you do it, I'm going to quote a guy named C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said this, Pain insists upon being attended to. Isn't that the truth? I mean, if I twist my ankle, it my ankle has my attention. Pain, it has this ability to scream at us here. This is what C.S. Lewis said. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And the Bible does speak to us and give us direction in this matter. So we read in James chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 2. We read this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. If you have a pen, I would encourage you to, to, to underline the word when. You notice it doesn't say if. It doesn't say, count it all joy, brothers, if you meet trials. It says when. When you meet trials. And in the original language Greek, there would be a, a great deal of intentionality to use such vague terms as various kinds. This is a very broad net cast to many people, to a very broad crowd. You know, I love that because right here with us, many people have many different stories. There is such a large crowd here of various kinds of people here. We have young and old. We have folks that have different stories. And so I'm thankful that the Word of God can speak into our lives to such a large crowd's such a large, broad group that has such various trials. Because the word continues, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I'm reminded, if you think about this passage where it's encouraging us when we have trials and of various kinds of what Jesus said in John 16 in the second half of verse 33 when he said these words, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. The Son of God, God with us, Emmanuel said, here on earth you will have many trials and you will have sorrows. So is God with us in our pain. Is God with us? And I want to talk to you in the time I have remaining about these five realities of how God is with us. He is present in our pain, in even the most hard things of life. First of all, through pain, God speaks to the source of our joy. Right there in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. 
Now that sounds like nonsense. If God didn't have a purpose and all pain was meaningless, it would be nonsense. But because God has a purpose, we can count it all joy. And you may say, why? Why would we count it all joy? And here's why. Pain positions us to identify the source of our joy. It positions us. If you get your joy, let's say if you're a parent here, and you get your joy and, uh, and your happiness from your kids, there are just going to be some times when they're going to let you down. Uh, and have we got a witness in here? Well, I'll work to you students. If you put your happiness based on your parents, it's quite a roller coaster ride, isn't it? On any relationship, on anything in this world, if you put your happiness, and you, that's the source of all of your happinesses in life, is this world, it is empty, and there will be times, because it's a fallen world, you're going to be let down. And so what, even pain, that's one of the reasons we read here in, in the Word of God, counted all joy, pain positions us to identify the source of our joy. We find out. What is it that really brings us joy? And I know you've heard me say this, and you've heard other people say it. But remember this, happiness comes from happenings. Joy comes from the Lord. You can have joy in life because God is with us, knowing that you, every person here, were born in the image of God. You were created for eternity and for his glory, you were created. And so it's important that we not get our joy from creation, but from the creator. As a part of creation, we were built to glorify God in our lives, in every part of our life. You were created in the image of God to glorify God. That is your primary reason for existing. And you were created for his joy. Now, I want to encourage you that God speaks, and part of, even through our pain, realizing that we identify what's the source of my joy in my life. No matter what happens to me, every bad thing, no matter what, Lord, I know that you are with me. I can have the blessed assurance, Lord, you are with me. Even though I, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord, you are with me. God is with us. Here's the second thing. Through pain, God speaks to us for uh, uh, to us of our need for one another. Right there in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, and more vaguely, my brothers and sisters, the church, when you meet trials of various kinds. There is a, built within us a need for one another. And so part of what pain does and how God uses this in our life is it shows us our need for one another. Even something as silly, Sherry and I, we were going out, uh, Sherry and uh, Janica and several, a lot, bunch of other folks working on the lobby for decorating it for Christmas and everything. And uh, 
we came upon a couple of pillows, and she really liked this Merry Christmas pillow. I, 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 there was one out there that said, it said Better Together, and I said, we're getting this one. We're getting the Better Together. There's a Christmas one out there, too. But the reason, I, I want to remind us that we are better together. When pain comes in your life, it's good to have folks that can come alongside and help you. When painful things happen in your life, it's a reminder that we need each other. You ever worked on a DIY project and been by yourself and nobody to help you? I remember one time I broke the bank and went out and spent $14 for a screen porch for my garage. And everybody, everybody left the house and I'm putting in my, uh, my just a, a little small screen door. I should have known from the $14 price tag that this was probably not going to go well. All right. Uh, and I remember being by myself and trying to get that stuff just right on my door. I mean, here I was by myself. I could not get it right. And uh, it's so frustrating being by yourself when you do that. I am so thankful that my son has grown up to be 17 years old. He's taller than I am. He's stronger than I am. And I think in a lot of ways he's smarter than I am. And you know, when I go to do a project or something, boy, it's good to have a, another set of eyes and another set of hands to help me when I do it. Yesterday, we were putting up plastic, and when we go to do stuff around the house, he can stretch a little farther than I can. And when you just have two people working on it, it cuts the project in half, isn't it? Same thing happens in the pain of our life. God uses other people to cut the pain in half sometimes to help carry the burden. That's what we're supposed to do. I know I've told this story before, but I remember many years ago when Sherry experienced the stillbirth and all of us, we came home empty-handed and how hard that was for us. But one thing we did was we sat down, we made it a practice, we'd go out to the mailbox and then that night before we went to bed, we'd all come into mom and dad bedroom and there was only just the girls and I, so all four of us would get on the bed and we'd open up the cards that we got that day. One of the blessings about being a youth pastor or a pastor is that so many folks, they, they kind of know something that happened and they, they sent cards. And so we sit down and, and we would read those cards and we'd read the notes that are inside of them. And, and that was just meant so much to us. It helped us through that. We knew people were thinking about us or loving us. You see, even in the pain, God can kind of directs us. He directed us to know that we need each other. And I want you to know that's a part of this. There's a passage that many of you know from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. It reads like this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's why we're a church. We're a church because we're supposed to be helping one another. We're rejoicing with good news. We're also sharing each other's burdens and praying for each other and, and, and coming alongside of each other and encouraging each other. Here's another thing. Through pain, God speaks to our hearts what we know in our heads. It, it, look at verse 3. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. I want to tell you something. The older I get, which I just turned 50 <laughs> uh, this past week, 
a little over a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, I guess now. And you know, when I, the older I get, you would think the more I would know, and that is true to a degree, but the older I get, the more I realize I don't know. There's just so many mysteries in life when things happen. And I bring that up just simply, there are many things in my life that I'm growing in that I might have learned 30 years ago. You see, so many of us, we've learned, but are we growing? That's a question. That's a, gr- that's a question. Now, here's the thing. It's one thing for me to know it in my head. It's another thing to have it in my heart. Believers understand many doctrinal truths in their minds. So many of us understand truth. But those truths, several make the, several don't make the journey down to our hearts except through a few things, and that is disappointment, failure, and even through suffering. Here's, let me give you an example. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, reminds us of what Jesus said. When, this is something we can all know. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, that's something to have in my head. You're like, okay, I can memorize that. All right, we'll just go away with that. Today. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But I'm telling you, when you walk in the valley of the shadow of death, and that passage through pain can make the 17-inch journey from your brain to your heart where you cling to knowing. Not just knowing about, but you know that God is with you. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Knowing. Pain can speak to our hearts what we already know in our heads. How precious the promise of this reality and that we need to be reminded of God's presence. God is near to me. Here's another one to to you. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Are you struggling? Maybe it is that you're brokenhearted or maybe you feel you feel crushed in spirit. Here's a good word. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves the crushed in spirit. I pray that even through pain that God can speak to us that our hearts would know what our heads, that we would finally have that knowledge and that speaks to what I was just speaking to. Through pain, God speaks to the need for our faith to grow. How many of you need to grow today? I do. I need to grow. Uh, you know, I, so many of you say, I, you know, I want to grow. I want to grow this year. I'm going to make a news re- New Year's resolution. I'm going to grow and I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. And then you realize the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and you know, even through pain, we see it right there. Look here, verse 3 in James 1. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And here's where we learn is in the testing of your faith 
And he, it speaks for our need that we, we need to grow through things. Let me give you another passage. Uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And some of you have heard this verse before. If in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, it's temporal. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. There's, an, there's those words again, various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through, though it is tested by fire, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor to the revelation of Jesus Christ. The testing tests the genuineness of your faith. And he says it's like the purifying, the smelting down of pure gold. When the gold is put over the hottest of fire and that fire happens and it's getting rid of all the impurities and it's bubbling out. It's getting rid of all the stuff that makes it impure. Pain can do that in our life and can burn out of us all of the impurities that are keeping us from living that life. I love those last few words. So that we may be found and, it, and, and to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God is with us. Here's the deal. God has a university that very few attend and even fewer graduate from. It's called brokenness. And God can teach us Here's what I was saying earlier. Is it about learning or is it about growing? There are many people who are trying to acquire knowledge constantly. But they're not allowing God to use the very word of God to grow them. Pain. God can use pain to grow you. Like refining and inner strength to grow and to become stronger and to become more pure. God can use it. What Satan has meant for bad, God can use for good in your life. Here's the fifth thing. Through pain, God speaks to his faithfulness. It's his faithfulness. He reminds us of his faithfulness through the trials of our life. James chapter 1, verse 4. Look at verse 4. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Can I read that to you in the NIV version? Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking nothing. Perseverance. It's the patience, listen, it's the patience to let God finish his work, not lacking anything. I was led this week to a passage from Hebrews chapter 2 that reminds us of how God has shown us the way in Jesus. How God is with us in our, in our lives, no matter what's happening. Verse 9 in chapter 2 of Hebrews. But we see him 
who for a little while was made lower than the angels. This is what we're celebrating, that God is with us. Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of Scripture. At just the right time, God sent Jesus, and he's a little lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Christ coming into the world, tasting death for all of us. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory. And that's what he was doing and accomplishing. As the Messiah, he was saving the world, us, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. I heard a man not too long ago say, frequently it is when we are crushed and devastated that the cross speaks most powerfully to us. Listen to this. The wounds of Christ then become Christ's credentials. The wounds of Christ become Christ's credentials. The world mocks, but we are assured of God's love by Christ's wounds. God is with us. The beauty of Christ coming into the world and God being with us. That is what I want you to walk in this Christmas. I want you to be reminded that even through the pain that God is teaching and molding and growing us. He's stretching us and growing us. He's trying to get some things into our hearts, even through the pain. There's some purifying that's going on. There, he is teaching us that he can be a trustworthy shepherd. We can trust him. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you for each person here and, Lord, how you've brought us together today to hear your word. Lord, in a world where it seems confusing and harsh, Lord, you took the initiative at just the right time to send your son Jesus into the world. And, Lord, we are looking to you today Thank you, Lord, for being with us in every part of our lives. Father, I thank you today for revealing yourself to us. Help us, Lord, to trust you. Help us, Lord, to be reminded today that you're working all things together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. And help us, Lord, today to know that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen.